0: Hey guys, this is Nate Dorsey, agronomist with RDO Equipment Company, and you're listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. RDO is an industry leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology. On this podcast, you'll learn from industry experts on the latest from RDO and John Deere. Welcome back to another episode of RDO Equipment Company's Agriculture Technology Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to welcome our special guest today, Larry Herman. He works for RDO on the construction side, and he is a product specialist. So Larry, thanks for joining us today. I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself and and what you do for RDO Equipment. We'd really love to hear it.
1: All right, thank you very much, Nate. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a product specialist primarily with the telematics j Link on the uh, construction side of the house here at RDO. Been with RDO here uh, about coming on about five months, so relatively new to RDO, but uh, definitely not the technology. And previously, I'd worked first mode their heavy equipment uh, rental outfits actually, but um, a big chunk of my past career with this, I spent about six years with one of the uh, the big cellular companies. We'll leave it at that here in the U.S. and worked a lot with business-to-business applications and, and telematics and, and GPS-based and remote options to be able to use over that. So GPS obviously becomes a, a big factor in there. Technology has always been a passion of mine since I was little. And so I've had my college background was in in computers and then also in in software. So it's pretty natural, but it's it's been a, a different, interesting change here to work directly with a heavy equipment in these types of machines and applications that we're able to do here with John Deere and RDO.
0: Yeah, thanks, Larry. So obviously, this is the Agriculture Technology Podcast. We primarily talk about things related to agriculture. But one of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on the show is because of your experience with working with technology, specifically with GPS. So even though you're working on the construction side, a lot of the technology crosses over. and, And I've realized that as we've recorded a few episodes that we haven't really done a podcast that covers the basics of GPS, which is pretty much the foundation of everything else that we do in agriculture. So let's start from the very beginning. What does GPS stand for?
1: So GPS is a, is a global positioning system, what the GPS actually stands for. And it's uh, basically a network of satellites in orbit that we're able to use to determine locations, which has been around for, for quite a while. Obviously, started like most technology in, in the government, and now it's been opened up to consumers as well.
0: So GPS is a pretty recent technology. Do you have any idea of when it was released to the public?
1: Public use, um, I believe, is actually in the last, I'd say, probably 20 years. Government's used it since about the 60s, but been available here for, for a while now for public use as well.
0: Okay, so I know you talked about some satellites being involved in GPS. So how does GPS specifically work? So you know, I think most people know that it, needs, that it uses satellites to be able to locate your position. But how, does, how many satellites do we actually need for GPS to work?
1: Sure. So uh, there are, at any given point, there's approximately 24 satellites for public use. There's a few more up there for government use, but there's 24 given. And in, in, in most cases, there's usually at least four visible to any location at a given point. Uh, need a minimum of three, but four is actually ideal. And basically the way you can think about it is if the satellite's shooting down and it's projecting a circle down onto the ground. And if you draw three circles kind of in a triangular shape, where those three circles will intersect is where it's determining that location. The fourth is ideal because that's going to give you altitude and elevation. So not just a position, you know, a dot on a map, but you can actually pull your elevation as well.
0: So how do they actually calculate your position? Is it the the satellites that are calculating your position or is it whatever device that you're using?
1: Uh, kind of a combination of the two. It's the satellite shooting a signal down and, and a signal's returning up, you know, how much time is it taking to get from each one to to collect at that single point. And that's where it's it's collecting is how far, you know, everything's in motion. These things are are cruising around at a pretty far clip. Uh, I think the last number I heard is somewhere around 7,000 miles an hour. You know, they're they're moving pretty quick. But that time doesn't take very long to get down to Earth. So they're able to calculate as those satellites are moving and, and as that device is moving, how long is that taking? And like I said, where that intersection of those three circles is coming into play to figure out where that location is.
0: Great. So one of the things that's always confused me about GPS technology is the terminology. There's a lot. So that we have GPS, DGPS, GNSS, GLONASS. Can you kind of run through what each of those mean and what kind of accuracy that we expect to, to see with each of those different systems?
1: Sure. So uh, basic GPS, which most people are going to be familiar with if that's what they're using in their, in their vehicles or, or say on a smartphone, usually there's an accuracy anywhere somewhere in that five to 20 meters. And it's using just usually typically those three satellites. Uh, the DGPS is a differential or, or corrected. Sometimes you'll hear it as an AGPS, as an assisted GPS, where they're going to pull in another device, whether it's another satellite, um, in some cases, possibly even a, a base station that's actually on the ground to give that uh, device another reference point. You know, we'll use different things like the RTK base stations or on construction side, there'll be base stations that are integrated with our TopCon systems to give that machine another reference point to to assist that GPS for proved accuracy, um, down to a meter or sometimes even less, uh, depending on that particular system. You mentioned GLONASS, the the GNSS that's the global navigation satellite systems, primarily used by by the government's intelligence agencies and things like that. So uh, when I mentioned earlier, you know, there's usually 24 for consumers. Usually the, in those GLONASS, there's closer to about 30 satellites. So they've got a few more. So a few more eyes in the sky.
0: So does some of the equipment, are they able to use both the GPS and some of the GLONASS system satellites?
1: For consumer use, they'd be using just the traditional GPS ones. The GLONASS is usually like, sort of reserved for the government agencies.
0: Great. So we mentioned a few a few minutes ago, kind of about different levels of correction. So when you when you say correction, what does that mean exactly?
1: So it's you know as I mentioned, the uh, GPS is going to give you a level of accuracy. Like I said depending on if it's an assisted or not, you know down to a meter or down to um, you know possibly multiple meters, five, 20 meters or more. When we want that correction and having that base station, now we can get down into into inches. You know, so in, in a precision ag impl- you know application for. So for your seating, making sure you, you know not having to overlap. Like I said, in construction, we're making sure for grade control that we're able to get that grade, that dirt at that exact level that we want or exact angle. So with that correction in that base station, we're able to get that fine tuning to get those machines to operate where we want them to operate.
0: So on on the agriculture side, there are several different levels of correction that I'm not sure that you use on the construction side or not. Can you walk us through at least what those different levels of correction are that that, that the equipment can use and kind of the accuracy that's expected in, in each of those?
1: All right. So they're usually called a, by an SF rating, a single fre- or a frequency rating, a single frequency. So there's an SF1 that'll get you down uh, somewhere around 9 inches. The accuracy, an SF2, so a dual frequency. will get you closer to about 2. And then uh, with those, uh, again, you need uh, some kind of a base station like an RTK to... To corroborate that, and in some cases, you're possibly pulling in a fourth or fifth satellite to to get that level of accuracy.
0: Great. So we we talk a lot about on, on this podcast about some of the benefits of using precision agriculture technology in kind of our world in, in the agriculture space. But can you talk to us a little bit about your position and some of the experiences that you've had using GPS to help some of the some of the construction customers that are utilizing John Deere equipment?
1: Sure. So you know the GPS. You know, the uh, first thing people usually think about is location and. You know, it's important to know where machines are for for safety, for security, you know, and even just efficiencies. So we've seen it where, you know, I've used it myself, you know, going to find a customer that I haven't been to and being able to ping that machine and get an exact location on that machine to find where that customer is. Customers can use that to direct employees where to go. We can use that as we're dispatching service text to find a machine. Uh, most of our machines, you know, on the construction side as well as is in ag, you know, they're not sitting at the corner of 1st and Main, they're in, in somewhere a little more remote. So getting exact directions can be a challenge at times. GPS has also been great for, for security. There's been instances of obviously machine theft. So it gives us an option to to track those down as well, finding out where that machine is or, or even where it's been. we have seen instances where attachments have been detached in the process of the of the theft, be able to retrace those steps to find out where that machine has been and uh, what it's doing. So. Um, you know, being able to find, you know, opportunities like that to to locate those. And you know, with most of these, you know, how we're pulling that information is it is collecting it via GPS, but it's transmitting that location to us, you know, remotely, whether we're using our smartphone or, or looking at a web browser over a cellular network. And the nice thing with that is it doesn't need um, as strong of a signal as, say, your cell phone. You know, these are still able to transmit in a lot of areas where, say, your cell phone can't. So from a safety Perspective. If you get a machine that's, um, you know, you haven't talked to an employee for a while, maybe the weather's bad here in in the upper Midwest. It gets a little bad in the winters, but we haven't heard from an employee for a while. We can at least still find that machine, even if that employee isn't able to get a make a cell phone call. So we will still find that location from from that safety perspective as well.
0: No, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of people have that experience with trying to locate a piece of equipment. I mean, just the other day, I was out in the field looking for a customer who was having having an issue. And his directions were north of the scrapyard, two miles along the power line. You know, it can be really difficult to locate a piece of equipment when you get directions (laughs) like that. But when you can use the GPS technology that's in a lot of equipment, it makes it a a lot easier to find and pinpoint the exact location and then kind of navigate your own way there. So, yeah, it's, it's great. So uh, what are the basics of equipment that we need on John Deere? And, and this can be from what you know on the construction side for customers to utilize some of the GPS technology. And if you're familiar with the ag side, are more than welcome
1: to share that. Sure. So on you know, a lot of our, our newer John Deere equipment, our big iron, is all equipped with the JDLink system. And I know you addressed that on a couple of your other uh, previous podcasts. So there's a couple of components to there. Obviously, there needs to be some type of a receiver that's collecting that information from the satellites in the machine obviously through an antenna. So there's usually a, a rooftop antenna that's feeding that GPS location into that terminal. And at that point, then we also need to get that information back out of there. So as I mentioned, most machines are going to transmit that information over a cellular network. So there needs to be a, a cellular terminal and cellular antenna to transmit that out. In some cases and applications, we are we can actually put a, a satellite transmitter in the machines is an option as well. So if it's someone who's going to be operating in an area whether it's say in a pit in a coal mine or something where, or, or strip mine where they're down deep and, and cellular is, is sketchy at best, we can put a satellite transmitter in there as well. So then that information can actually be shot back up into space and back down. So a couple of key components there: you know, antennas and receivers and transmitters. Uh, like I said, most of our John Deere equipment is going to come with the, the receiver and the cellular transmitter, but there is that option to add that satellite component if it's needed. Not too many instances where that's absolutely required, but there are a few offshoots of that. But then, obviously, you need a, a place for that information to go. So um, our JD Link side can see all that information um, in our operation center where you can see where that machine actually is. So whether it's on a smartphone or a, or a web browser, we can find that information.
0: Great. And then in terms of, so we kind of cover some of the equipment uh, that's needed. Is there typically subscriptions or, or other costs to be able to utilize some of the technology?
1: Yeah. So there'd be a subscription. It's a, a service plan, just like your, your cell phone where we're transmitting data and using other people's networks. So there's typically a subscription associated with that for, for that transmission and, and reception.
0: So when you're, when you're subscribing for one of those subscriptions, who are you typically paying? Are you paying John Deere directly? Are you paying your dealership like RDO equipment? How does that work?
1: You know, for RDO, what we'll typically do is we'll build a customer and they can pay us, but ultimately it's going back through DEER and then DEER is dispersing that then through uh, the respective carriers, uh, whether that's a cell carrier or a uh, satellite carrier to provide that. So it's ultimately getting back there, you know, for simplicity and for customer convenience, we'll typically bill all that out directly to the customer. So fewer invoices for our customers to deal with.
0: Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today, Larry. I really appreciate your level of knowledge and sharing that with us on, on some of the basics of GPS technology. I know this is something that many of us use every day, but we don't always think about what's, what's involved in the technology and how it really works.
1: No, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Visit
0: RDOEquipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so you never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment Company and John Deere. If you like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social media platform that you use. You can also connect with me on Twitter at R-D-O Nate Dorsey, that's R-D-O-N-A-T-E-D-O-R-S-E-Y, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, and ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.